Hey everyone, this is Dave Cruz from Flyber Labs, a podcast on business and innovation in the Midwest and beyond. Here you'll meet fascinating people and learn about new technologies and practices that will change how you look at life and business. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Flyover Labs. This is uh, Dave Cruz uh, from Madison, Wisconsin. And today we are lucky enough to have Ryan Shea with us. And Ryan is a co-founder of uh, Blockstack, Blockstack Labs, which was formerly called uh, One Name, which is all about uh, the blockchain and identity. So, and we'll get more into what that means exactly. So Blockstack is- Hi Dave, thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, hey, no problem. And uh, it's yeah. I'm glad you could come. And, and so- um, you guys are based in New York City, and you've gone to through Y Combinator and raised about one point yep. five million dollars. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. From Unisquare Ventures, from Vol Ravikant, and SV Angel, and some others. Yes, some pretty big names. And uh, so, uh, yeah, and, and I invited Ryan on just because I'm really interested in identity, and they actually just changed their name from one one name to a uh, Blockstack Labs, and so. Uh, He'll talk. We'll talk more about that. But it's really interesting identity and what, how they're going after it and trying to figure it out. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, Ryan, for coming on the show. For sure. Yeah. And thank you for having me. Definitely. And so, before we jump into block stack, how could you uh, just get a little bit of overview of your background, and then uh, then we can talk about how you got into how you started uh, one name. Definitely. Yeah. So. I uh, so I went to Princeton um, and I studied um, mechanical and aerospace engineering there and uh, actually minored in computer science and I I knew that I always wanted to work on um, on building things and that was one of the reasons why I went into engineering primarily um, but uh, over time I got even more excited by software um, and uh, and software startups. And uh, I was involved with the entrepreneurship club there, and uh, actually ran the entrepreneurship club my senior year. And um, someone who I, I interacted quite a lot with was my current co-founder, Maneev. Um, we knew each other from the entrepreneurship club. We knew each other from the uh, computer science department, and um, all around campus. And uh, a couple years later, uh, we met up with each other in New York. Right, a couple of years after I had graduated, um, and we um, went out for drinks, hung out, and we eventually decided that we wanted to start a company together. Um, we were both um, tied up with some things at the moment, but we knew that uh, we would be a great team, and we thought that if we were going to build a company, that we would start with a team first, and then uh, and then we'd figure out what we wanted to do. Because I think the team is the most important part of, of doing a startup. Um, and, what, and over time, we got. Was, uh, I was going to say, what's what Maneeb's uh, background? Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and so um, Maneeb, he actually went to yeah. So as I mentioned, he went to Princeton too. Um, he did his. He's been doing his uh, PhD in distributed systems and computer science. Okay. And yeah, and um, so he uh, has. You know, he's also he's in the distributed systems department. Um, he works. He's worked with. Uh, some other members of our team, including Jude Nelson, who's also a PhD from Princeton, uh, and also advisor Mike Friedman. Uh, he's worked on a variety of things from uh, search engines to 
uh, cloud infrastructure, uh, data centers, um, and uh, but his main focus is in the area of distributed systems, and uh, and that's particularly applicable to what we're doing because blockchain networks they are distributed systems, right? And some of the biggest challenges in the area are around the challenges that distributed systems experts have been uh, studying for for decades. Interesting. And can you give a a a quick overview on what the black blockchain is. Good luck on that with that. But. Oh, sure. Sure thing. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, for, first, actually, I can um, first explain a little bit more um, about, you know, the relationship between Blockstack Labs and one name and Blockstack. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, you, cause you kind of mentioned that we changed our name from one name to Blockstack Labs. And uh, the, the story, the backstory there is that we created one name, which um, on top of um, on top of the the blockchain, which I'll get to in a little bit, um, it's it essentially one name is a consumer product. It's a uh, it allows users to own their own identity on a completely decentralized system, where there's no company that is uh, issuing them an identity. It's just they register themselves on the network and. They have a name and an account that no one can ever take away from them or shut shut down. And when they log into applications with their identity, they're able to have a direct relationship with the application without any third party in the middle. And so OneName uh, was our first product that we ever launched. Uh, and it's, um, it's that decentralized, uh, self-sovereign identity product. And underlying OneName is this infrastructure called Blockstack. And um, we want... we. We've been really pushing the infrastructure over the past year because um, it's a, it's a really powerful system. It's what allowed us to actually build one in the first place, and it has so many capabilities. And um, it's it's truly a really powerful way to build decentralized applications that could be serverless, right? Um, and build applications with decentralized identity and authentication and naming um, and storage, and uh, we decided to change the name to Blockstack Labs because we wanted to emphasize that one name is one of our products, and um, and the that everything is revolving around this, um, this this developer infrastructure for these decentralized applications, and and that and the fact that Blockstack Labs is the is one of the primary contributors of software to the Blockstack open source project. Um, so yeah, so I'll, I'll get to your question uh, before, which is that what exactly is the blockchain? And the way that I like to describe it is it is essentially, uh, it is very similar to the fossil record, right? It is a, a blockchain is a record that people around the world, computers around the world all share and they agree upon the truth of something. And they all agree upon this. And it's actually much harder uh, than at first it might seem to have people and computers around the world agreeing on a, on a simple piece of information. The way that we've traditionally done it is that we have authorities, right? We have central parties um, <clears throat> that will attest to a certain amount of information, right? We'll have um, the uh, we'll, we'll have an authority that attests to physical identification documents. For uh, for government identification, right? We'll have authorities that um, attest to uh, who 
whose phone number is what. For example, there's a single company in the United States that runs a phone number registry, right? Because if you think about it, if your phone if you call someone, your phone number has to, um, in order for that call to get re- relayed to your phone, there has to be a database somewhere, a registry somewhere that instructs the various telecom companies, right, on how to route that number to a phone, right? And so our entire society is made up of all of these um, databases and authorities that allow us to all make sure that we're talking about the same thing and we're on the same page. So what we do, we do traditionally is we just delegate that to some company and maybe we'll have, um, there might be a government-enforced uh, monopoly or some regulations that ensure that the that the entity doesn't actually tamper with information. Um, but now with the blockchain, what it actually does is that it enables people to take that trust in a central authority and move it off to trust in a network. And you can say, well, instead of, okay, you know, traditionally we say, hey, ask the authority for the answer to this question, right? And, you know, another example of a question could be like, if I go to CNN.com, where am I going to be taken? And the browser, whenever you browse to CNN.com, your browser asks that question uh, to what's called DNS servers, domain name servers. And they respond with, okay, CNN.com, here's the IP address so that your um, your operating system in your browser can know how to connect to this server that will serve up CNN.com, right? So now, instead of asking these uh, central authorities about you know, what a phone number is, what this identification document, whether it's valid, um, whether this dollar bill right, is valid, you can now ask this network that maintains a common ledger or record that we call the blockchain. And the true core, one thing that the blockchain does really, really well is it establishes a shared truth. And I think every, every property that we like about the blockchain or every property that we can, that we would want to, that we're interested in using the blockchain for is derived from that thing. Nice. That, well, that was uh, quite a good explanation. I guess you can tell that you uh, spent a little time with the blockchain because <laughs> <that's not, laughs> it's not easy <laughs> to distill it down into uh, yeah. a few sentences. So that was good. And uh, mm-hmm. so with one name, how does that interact in, with the, the blockchain? So the people can re- essentially uh, sign up on the blockchain with their name. And how, how does that work with one name? Yeah, so the way it works, is so I mentioned before one name is built on top of Blockstack, right? Um, when you register on onename.com, you pick a username, right, and you fill out your profile. And then when you fill out your profile, you can also verify your account with all your different social media profiles. So, for example, you have your account on onename.com, and you can say if you want to prove to other people that you have a give access to a given Twitter account or Facebook account, you can post a message on those um, services and show that you are the same person on both services. And you might be familiar with other websites doing this where you click login with Twitter or login with Facebook um, in order to prove that. Um, but this is very different because in, in that traditional way, uh, you're completely trusting the company um, and taking it on its word 
for uh, whether the user actually did log in with that Twitter or Facebook account. And so that's perfectly fine if you're dealing with a centralized uh, service, right, with a single or a single company on a single website. But <clears throat> we've designed things in a way that um, it's on a decentralized system. And so uh, when you have that that decentralized uh, decentralized system like that, you need to have information that's provable, right? Um, and so in a sense, when you do when you verify accounts on our system, they're all they're all independently auditable. Um, but anyway, so getting back to the registration. So when you when you pick that username and you fill out that profile, all of that information uh, hits the block the block stack server, one of the block stack servers on the network, and that server registers your account on the blockchain. And all the information is not put in the blockchain, but what actually is put in the blockchain is your username, your um, cryptographic uh, public key, right? It's not really it's a digital key, the equivalent of a physical key, but um, in the digital world, right? Um, it's an ID for your key um, that's associated with the name, and then uh, a uh, a hash of the data, which is another way of kind of saying an encrypted version of the data, um, but a very very small small uh, digest of it to validate its integrity, is put in the blockchain. And then all the data itself um, is pointed to and is stored elsewhere on uh, cloud servers. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, okay. And and so uh, so if somebody can somebody uh, um, essentially port their one name identity to another service um, in theory, if they want, no one else is really doing this, but yeah. <laughs> if they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some people are doing it. Uh, so we came out with okay. the block stack command line interface Yeah. for people who are technically savvy. So if you, if you are technically savvy, you can actually take your one name account, um, withdraw the, the block stack name and send it to the block stack command line interface. And then you can manage the account there. Oh, cool. Um, if you'd like. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's really cool because it's all completely then on your desktop and all wow. managed with the keys on your desktop. Yeah. Huh. Um, and then we're going to be coming out with a with a desktop application soon, so you'll be able to also register accounts on there, and you'll be able to move. In a sense, you can think of it. You know, it's very similar to how you can register domain names on GoDaddy or Namecheap, right, or any domain name registrar and you can transfer the domain names between them right yep, yep. so on our on, on block stack you can register names on money.com you can register these accounts on the command line interface you can register them on the desktop app which is coming out soon and also um we're we're working on improving some documentation to make it really easy for even our competitors to make competing registrars and, and account management systems so that um, so we can grow the ecosystem further, and and then users really have many many options on how to register and manage their identity. That's cool. And and what do you see some uh, how people are using it, or like some use cases? You know, it could be for website logins, or what? How or how do you see people using it in the future? I guess if um, if they're not. Yeah. So um, yeah, one of the most exciting ones is for logging into applications. So we're um, we have a development version of our, uh, of our authentication library that we've released um, and a, a uh, integration ready version is coming soon 
so we're gonna we're um, we're gonna release that soon. And the way that that works is applications will be able to take uh, just a couple lines of JavaScript, plug it into their app, and then they'll be able to support logging with Blockstack. Wow. And the cool thing there is it's it's very different from logging with with Facebook or logging with Twitter or Google, uh, because there is no company that's getting in the middle, right? Um, right. You no can actually lo- click log in. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No one's tracking you. Um, there's no server that could go down as well. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, there were case. There was a case where Facebook went down for four hours, and um, and it was something like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of applications that just you couldn't log into <laughs> because because Facebook's uh, identity system was down too, right? So the authentication system. So um, and that happens. I think that's happened last year. Um, so I mean, it's it's a it's a the case of you don't want anyone to track you, right? Uh, you don't want to have this external dependency, right? This central point of failure where you might not even be able to get into your account. Um, and also the the moment that you take control of that of e- where each user takes control of their authenticate their own authentication process, that opens the door for both increased user empowerment, but also for uh, application empowerment. The, the app developers now can speak the same language, and they can have a direct relationship with the user. Definitely. Right. And uh, and that can they can further a lot of innovation. Right. And, the, and of course, we all want the kind of that universal login, right? It's, we're all we're all pretty sick and tired of uh, uh, yeah, giving everyone our user their email and password and it's like, and then sometimes it's Facebook, sometimes it's yeah. Google, sometimes it's Twitter. And it's like, let's just have like one kind of universal and make our lives a lot easier. Um, so it, that's why what you're doing, you guys are doing so interesting. What about, um, what about with payments? How do you see, uh, that unfolding with the, the block stack and one name? Oh, payments. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So one of the features, uh, um, OneName.com is that you can um, you can put your Bitcoin address um, next to you on your profile, and so you can uh, give anyone your your profile one name, and you can and they can go and send you Bitcoin really easily by just clicking pay. Um, and then we are we can also add other types of accounts like you could click and pay with Venmo or or, hmm. or, um, or some or uh, Square Cash or any of the others, right? Uh, from another side of things, uh, we can also extend the authentication protocol to support payments as well. Um, well what that would mostly look like is um, application requesting certain payment information. Because so it could be, for example, the authentication request would include, "Hey, I'd like to see your credit card number," uh, and then the user can click authorize, and then boom, the credit card number gets sent over, and they don't have to fill out that information. Ooh, that sounds like a beautiful world. Um, that's what, yeah. that's what we need. I, yeah. So I, that's why I really want to talk to you. Cause I, I mean, I know that's not all, you know, we, you don't have millions of users, but I, that, that's the future. I sure hope at least I'm sure you guys do For too. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, yeah. No, and mean, the challenge is just, is this a chicken and egg problem, right? Getting lots of, yep. lots of applications and users using it at the same time. And... Right. When Facebook is so easy cause everyone's on it, but there's lots of drawbacks to that. And it's hard to extend it yeah. into so many different areas, and yeah, it's no, it's really interesting. Have you guys th- thought about uh, 
even taking identity to the next level of like uh, scanning passports or like doing facial recognition and attaching that to somebody's uh, profile as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have, I would say that the way we've been looking at it is we, we wouldn't be interested in scanning passports or any of those things, but what we are really excited about is being able to integrate with digital government, uh, with government documents that have digital uh, signatures built in, right? Um, so as an example, there is the this uh, Estonian e-residency card, oh, right? Yeah. Um, so I actually have one of those, um, and uh, they've been there's a great team working on it. The Estonian e-residency card, it's, a, it's an identity card, and it has a chip inside. And you can uh, sign digital documents, you can log in to applications with it, um, you can open up a bank account uh, in Estonia, um, which is recognized across the EU. Um, you can do all, create a business, all kinds of things. Right? Um, and so one thing we're really excited about is being able to integrate the identities on, that you have on OneName.com or on the app coming soon, uh, if you can hook up your account there to the card, now you can essentially, when you log in with Blockstack, you are also logging in with your Estonian legal identity. Wow. Right? Yeah. So that's really powerful. Um, and then there's other, there's other government organizations that are, that are looking into this. Uh, there's, uh, there's a couple, I think there's two states in the United States that are um, trying to move over to digital, the digital driver's license system. And there's some other uh, other governments around the world that are looking to Estonia as an example, um, and so I, I really think that this is this is the way to go. This is if if uh, there's one way to integrate with government IDs, that's the way, right? Because um, it allows for true non-repudiation of identity, right? Um, there was a actual police officer at the embassy that went and looked at my ID. Um, right, looked at me. <clears throat> they did a background check on uh, on my passport and uh, made sure it was valid, right? And they took my fingerprint and made me sign, um, put down a signature and they looked at my face and they did all this, ver- this verification, right? Um, and so now, essentially, that card is tied to me, right? Um, and the problem comes with when you start scanning documents, you don't have, you all of a sudden have a disconnect from the actual verified ID. Um, and, and the person. And um, if you can instead have a chip in the card, now you you have true um, true trust in that the, the ID is, uh, is valid and, and intact and, and with the person that is actually issued to. Interesting. Well, no, that would be amazing if they had that in the, well, Wisconsin should look into it, <laughs> I'd say. But... Yeah, you should, you should petition them there. <laughs> That's right. And, all right, so we're going a little over. We're going to only spend 20 minutes here, and we're a little over. So I got two more. Well, I don't know if they'll be quick. One will be fairly quick. The other one, as long as you, it takes as long as you want to answer. But so two questions are, one is how many people have signed up? I, mean, I know you guys aren't huge, but you got to start someplace. And then yep. the other question is, um, are you working on other products? Or, you know, why did you start Blockstack? Um you know, to have multiple products and what are your, what were your thoughts around that? Mm-hmm. Sure. So um, we actually have, 
uh, our stats live on blockstack.org. And uh, right now we have uh, 56,000 uh, accounts that have been registered. Wow, that's good. That's good. Well, um, actually, when this, when this gets posted, it'll be higher. But, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, so we, we, have, we have a graph so you can, we can see the, the records um, going up over time. And we have uh, 670, sorry, 760 uh, community members in our Slack group. Oh, interesting. And, yeah, and, uh, and, you know, that's growing all the time. And actually, I, if you're interested in Blockstack, I highly recommend you go and join the Slack group. Um, and then also check out our subreddit and everything else. Um, that's all at blockstack.org. Um, and then, yeah, so the reason we have built a couple different applications is that, one, they're all um, essentially manifestations of the same thing, right? They are all, in a sense, identity management apps on Blockstack, right? Um, and they all use the same libraries. So a lot of the work uh, can be replicated and, and used across the different applications. Um, and the second is we, we um, just realize that it's important for us to be able to have uh, interfaces on different platforms, right? So we needed a consumer, a very consumer-friendly interface, and that's one in.com. We also needed a command line interface for people who are building applications. And that's that's our Blockstack command line interface. Um, and then we also decided that uh, we needed a desktop application because we wanted a solution that didn't require any company or any servers at all. And the, that's why our most recent application that we've been working on is a desktop application. Um, when we release that, uh, users will be able to download it and they'll be able to um, register directly through any block stack server they want. Um, we'll give, we will make servers available by default for users to connect to, but they can use their own hosted servers or they can connect to other uh, other servers. And those servers, you do a very, very minimal amount of work. All, all they do is they actually register names on the chain and they resolve the information. Um, almost everything is happening on the client side. Um, and then they can actually uh, have their data stored in cloud storage providers. So really what it is, it's a, it's a new identity management system where the user is fully, fully independent, right? And it's more secure, it's more resilient, um, and the fact that you don't have any servers, it's a, it's a pretty powerful concept. So um, yeah. So that, that explains the whole background between, between behind uh, those various applications. No, that makes sense. And yeah, I just didn't know if you're building some type of other weird product that, you know, like an auction system. <laughs> but it's all around identity, it sounds like, which makes sense. It's just you have different yeah. types. Yep. Yeah. Okay, great, great. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's your it's your identity, it's your authentication. Which when you authenticate, you're bringing your identity around, right? It's your naming, and which is a part of identity, and then storage, which is in a sense it's, it's user centric storage. Which is if you're going to have identity information, it needs to be stored somewhere. So that's all. Yeah, they all tie together for this common application fabric. Gotcha. Hence the the block stack. I like it. that's a good name. Um, yeah, the blockchain yeah. application stack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, great. Well, I I think that does it for today, unfortunately. But uh, 
definitely really appreciate your time, uh, Ryan. This is fascinating. I was hoping I'd learn a lot, and I did. And uh, I hope everyone else uh, learns some as well. So, Ryan, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Absolutely. And thank you very much, Dave. I really appreciate it. Yes, definitely. And thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Flyover Labs. And uh, now I know a little bit more about uh, the future of identity. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.